Welcome to Mark Dacascos and Monica Bellucci yearbook starring <laughs> Tim and Willie. Sorry, we were just this is Welcome horror movie to, year, yes. horror movie yearbook, but we're going to be talking about both of those we're, very attractive human beings. We're mostly going to be drooling over Monica Bellucci and Mark Dacascos <laughs> for the next however long we're recording this for. <laughs> we may just the time machine is going. Yeah, it's going back to where they were born. We're not sure either one of them are from this earth, though. They are so heavenly. They're so wonderful. Yes, they're ethereal even. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, um, we are, of course, talking about Brotherhood of the Wolf, La Pac de Loup. Uh, that's my train of thought there. Yeah. Uh, the Pac de this Wolf. evening, the Pac de Loup, the Pac de Loup, the Pac de Wolf. Yeah, I don't know. Um, we're excited, I think, to talk about this one. Um, but, I've uh, never seen yeah. this one. You've never seen this before, right? Okay, this is your first time. So this is my first time. It came out in 2002, I believe it came out in the States. It's a French film. Um... I saw it when it first came out, not in theaters, but when it came out on DVD or VHS, probably actually still. Um, it was right on that. Yeah, this would have come out. Yeah, two thousand two. I think this. Yeah, I've got the. I might have still been watching VHS though. tapes of that. No, I whatever. It doesn't matter. I saw it when it came out on video, um, and I've seen it a couple times since then. This might be like my third, fourth viewing, total. I don't know. Okay. Um, but yeah, we'll see what I think this time around. Um, yeah. I'm excited about it. Very cool. Quick house cleaning. The film nerds talked about the Green Knight. Okay, cool. Yes. Sweet. <laughs> I want to listen to that. Yeah. Have you no. seen it? No. Okay. No. I have not seen it. That either. is only in theaters, right? This is not a streaming situation. No. They. Yeah. It, it's only in theaters. I can't remember. Is this an A24 flick? I can't remember. It is. It yes. is. Uh, who's it star? Dev, Dev Patel. Patel. Dev Patel. Well, I'm a big fan of. Someone made a good uh, joke about Martin Lawrence in The Black Knight in his green jersey. And That's amazing. I think I saw that, yeah. The That's Black great. Knight, yeah, yeah. That's um, great. And the game nerds are, discuss- are discussing Deathloop. Neither one of these uh, shows are uh, discussing Monica Bellucci or Mark DeCasco. So, so let's fair warning. Just, hey, <laughs> so, so you know, not that it's a competition, right? but you know the best Midwest Podcast Network show <laughs> is right here. Yeah. Is Monica Bellucci in uh, Deathloop? Yeah. Do you think she's played it? And Vincent Cassell. Let's just <laughs> not forget. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Let's not forget Cassell. <laughs> anyway, so check those out. Those are all over there. Um, yep. I'm, yeah, we've got some. Check out the uh, the honor roll. I've done a couple of those now. Those are in there. We've got some tiny terrors. We had a very fun tiny t- terror last week where Nikki revealed her Ramy bracket and it, oh, all hell broke loose. It's fantastic. If oh, you no. have not. Um, if you have not listened to that yet, please do. We had a ton of fun with that, and it was like, I don't know. I really enjoyed it, oh. and and I think you did too. So, I just forgot to I forgot to say this on. Uh, I wanted to make a plea real quick mm. here too. I just came back from Colorado. I'm a man of the mountains now, as you can see. I've got my Vail water bottle. Did I, you see a lot of Subarus when you were out yes, there? Yes, a lot. Everyone owns a Subaru out a there. Lot of it's hilarious. Yes. Um, so, it's but they're just, affordable, but they handle pretty well in the in the snow. They do because it, it's weird. You go up the mountains, and it's hard to get your car up there. So. It is very hard to get up. Yeah. Um, but I want to make a plea to the good people of Colorado: get some normal beer <laughs> there. It is nothing but IPAs and sours everywhere. <laughs> well, even the, I'm like, oh, Modelo, but it's like dark Modelo. Where did you get your beer? It's just bars and restaurants around the area. Okay. So, because you know you can't. I think I was just overwhelmed by the amount of IPAs. That yeah, were yeah, I understand. Tap. No, I get that. And you I can't buy um, you can't buy full strength beer at a supermarket or a regular store. Okay. It's like, it's less than it's it's a lower alcohol content. Okay. You have to go to a liquor an actual liquor store to get full regular strength whatever six percent. Mm, interesting. It's because I, my understanding is because of the elevation, because tourists come out. And they go, when they go to their grocery shopping for their ski trips or whatever, for their staying, wherever they're staying, they buy beer. Yeah. And they drink it like they were back at home. And it's not the same. <laughs> when you drink out there, it hits you harder when you're not used to the elevation. So I'm not a big drinker anymore. Like, I yeah. I, I used to drink, in, um, but I'll have a beer or two now and yeah. then. And I, we went to, we stopped there, we went to a bar, got some food. I had one beer and I went back to the hotel room and passed out for like two hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I it, was will, done it, it will mess with you for yeah. sure. 
Uh, it took me a while to get Other than adjusted. the beer. I'm joking about the beer. Beautiful, beautiful state. If we have any listeners uh, out in Colorado, beautiful you, state. You did your whitewater rafting, which it seems rafting, like you enjoyed. Did the hiking. Did the. Uh, <laughs> I didn't enjoy the hiking much, but I'm glad we did it. We went three miles up, three miles down. <laughs> I've done that too. Yes, yeah, the Berry Picker Trail. Um, yeah. And then we did uh, we did some biking. Biking was pretty easy because we just drove up and went downhill. That's cool. So, yeah, yeah wonderful country. Had a fun time. So, awesome, man. Yes. Good. And um, good, good. yeah, you ready to hop in this time machine? Yeah, we're going all the way back to uh, my sophomore year of high school and your senior year of grad, high school. Right? Grad, I was about to graduate when Brotherhood of the Wolf came out. This was not, we went and saw a movie for our senior all-night party. This was not it. This was not it. It was Bad Company starring Chris Rock and Anthony okay. Hopkins. Should have seen Brotherhood of the Wolf. <laughs> I don't think it was playing at the uh, Gaylord Cinema, <laughs> which just recently got a credit card machine. So there you oh go. my God. That's <laughs> uh, so sweet. What's your uh, time machine noise for Brotherhood of the Wolf? Oh, oh, obviously, obviously. Yeah, kind of the obvious choice. <laughs> the Cascos. Um, yeah, she, yeah. Hey, cuisine. <laughs> you ever watch uh, Iron Chef? <laughs> yes. The Cascos <laughs> is one of the hosts, and he always goes, hey, cuisine. We're going to talk about him a little later, because that, that was not actually my introduction. Well, it wasn't a lot of people's. My introduction was elsewhere. I'm a big fan of another movie of his. Mm. We are doing 2002, though. The reason we're in 2002, January 11, 2002, this movie was released in France in 2001, mm-hmm. and then it played at the Austin Film Festival in the States in October of 2001, but it did have a limited theatrical release in the U.S., and it did pretty well. It made about $11 million domestically, which for a French-language film puts it, I think, it's in the top like five or six. It was a French-language film, and it came out in the states like not long after 9-11 right and like if i remember right people weren't going and doing a lot right after yeah. that we're gonna um, get into the box office yeah and you're gonna take and it's gonna be eerily similar to a lot of what we're going through with the pandemic with stuff, the pandemic yeah. stuff now yes but it, it's up there with uh amelie you, you know amelie yeah it was a sensation yeah, yeah delightful yeah. little film too yeah a nice movie yeah um Lacage Afalis, I'm not familiar. Okay. Z, a man and a woman, and then uh, Emmanuel. Emmanuel, you of course. The yes. Emmanuel series. I'm familiar with the Emmanuel. Got a favorite series. Uh, Emmanuel movie? Never seen any of them, oh, but I know of really? them. Really? Oh, really? No, I really have. I swear I haven't. I honestly haven't. We had a bunch of them at the video store, um, we and did. they and they were not in the adult section. Yeah. They because they aren't technically. Um, what the Emmanuel movies are? Are they kind of like softcore? Yeah, porn, uh, softcore pornography. pornography got, yeah, if you're familiar with old Cinemax movies, they like it's Emmanuel like and Space yeah. would play on there all the time. But like the first original Emmanuel film was kind of like I think kind of like an artsy style. Yeah, but it was still a very like sexual. Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Never. Maybe I'll have to watch. It. I don't know. What a what a French thing to do. What an American thing to do to have uh, one of the top six highest grossing French language films be Emmanuel. Essentially porn, right. Yeah, yeah, artsy porn. Um, yeah, why not, right? All right, so we're going to take a look at... So this was released January 11, 2002, and Brotherhood of the Wolf came in at number 19 in the box office. So it made okay. 146000 opening weekend, and then in its limited theatrical run, it ended up making $11 million here domestically in the States. Which is impressive. Yes. Now, I'm going to go through the top 10 here, because this is a weird top 10. And I'm going to say some of the totals, because like you mentioned, this was after after 9-11 here. And, um, yes. So we are coming up on the 20th anniversary here of Brotherhood of the Wolf. Too. Or actually, yeah. we're past it. Yeah. Um, but number 10 here is Ali, the Will Smith movie, $966,000. At, at number... At number 10. Yeah. That doesn't bode well already. Yes. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius. Are you familiar with Jimmy's work? Jimmy Neutron's work. I am. Are you? I never watched it, but that was it was after my time. But I am familiar with Jimmy Neutron as a character, yes. Number eight, Gosford Park, which I believe is um, a Robert Altman movie. Gosford Park was in the top ten? Yes, and that was the wow. first one to crack a million this weekend. It was a, This was a debut with a million dollars. Wow. It made a million. Uh, Vanilla Sky, the Cameron Crowe, okay. Tom Cruise right, movie. Right, right, right was uh, number seven. Weird movie. We still haven't hit a movie, too, that has hit $100 million at the uh, box office either, domestically. Uh, number six, Kate and Leopold. Do you remember this charming little film? This was Hugh Jackman and... Meg Ryan? Who is it? Meg Ryan. Yes, that's right. He plays like a guy who's been transported. That was cute. From the past, yeah. yeah. I remember was this, was, this was right after X-Men as well. Yeah, Hugh needed to do... He, he did a very good job early on of kind of... And it's probably why he's had the longevity he's had and he hasn't been pigeonholed as... You know, I hate to say it, but like, like even like Christopher Reeve, right? Like, Christopher Reeve made other stuff, 
but Chris Reeve got kind of stuck in in Superman world there for a long time. Yes. Um, or even some of the James Bonds got kind of stuck in James Bond land for a while there. Um, I think for for Hugh, he was able to make some decisions, even if they weren't major like hits. Like he was able to kind of spread himself out to different stuff. It was smart yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, number five, the Royal Tenenbaums, the Wes Anderson movie. Mm-hmm. Movie I like. His first bit. big big movie, I think. Yes. Yeah, because Rushmore was kind of an indie darling, wasn't it? So it went Rushmore. Bottle Rocket was. Bottle Rocket was like uh, like because it went Rushmore into Royal Tenenbaums, right? Yes. Okay. But even Rushmore wasn't like a mainstream thing. I don't right. think Tenenbaums kind of like I remember like blew up. If I were like I remember people talking about it a lot and like you have to see Tenenbaums. Yeah, it's at twenty five million here, which for a Wes Anderson movie is good. We still haven't hit two million. We're at number five. We're still we're still in the one million range. <laughs> Um, number four, Ocean's Eleven. That hit two two and a half million this weekend. That was a big movie when it came out. Yes, and that's the first one to crack a hundred million at yeah. the box office. Uh, it's at one hundred fifty-seven. Lord of the Rings Fellowship is number three this weekend. Okay, with four million. Uh, a Beautiful Mind is number two with four million. I think this is around the time of the. This would have been around the time people were going to see Oscar movies too in yep. the theater. So that's why you're getting a lot of these. Yep. And the number one movie in America. At five million dollars domestic gross, I am going to ask if you can guess it. I'm going oh, to get man. you. I'm going to give you a hint. It stars Harold Ramis in a very bit part. <laughs> is it knocked up? It's a comedy. No, you're. He's co- knocked up, isn't he? Yeah, I'll yeah. give you another hit. It stars. Knocked up was later. It stars a Hanks, but not Chet Hanks. Oh, oh yeah, 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 okay, yeah. Uh, Orange County. Orange County. Love Orange County. Yeah, it is Harold Ramis is one of the best parts of the movie. He's fantastic. He plays like a. He's like a the dean. Teacher. He's a oh, he's the dean, and he gets like stoned. He gets high on shrooms, I think. Harold Ramis. Oh, that's right. Harold Ramis is usually the best part of a lot of movies. Yeah, there's um, I still use there's a line from Orange County of Harold Ramis's that I use. Uh, not my daily life, but it, it pops up here and there, right? I use it frequently, and it, he's high on shrooms. And uh, Colin Hanks asks him a very serious question about, because he's trying to get into this college. And Harold Ramis goes, you and I are the same height. That is neat. And I, I always like, so like, I, I, I'll say something and then I'll go, that is neat. Because that's just, I don't know. It stars um, Sissy SpaceX daughter as well. It doesn't. She's very good. Mm-hmm. And uh, also an early Jack Black. It was uh, an early Jack Black movie. Yeah, and I like Jack Black. I, 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 that's a fun movie. I like that movie. I I've like seen movie it in a long yeah. time, probably since it came out on like DVD. But, nice movie. Yeah. But we're not here to talk about Orange County. No, we're here to talk about another nice movie. Brotherhood of the Wolf in 18th century France. The Chevalier de Francais and his Native American friend, Mani, are sent to the... Gavadin, we're going with it. Province. You're doing pretty so. Like you, you always joke about how like you're not good at like pronouncing certain, yeah, like Japanese names and things like that. And you might not be, but you're doing well with these maybe French ones, my, man. My, I'm proud of you. Maybe I found my calling yeah. with the uh, the old French language. People. Maybe you're not, but the, I think you're doing good. <laughs> the language of love, province at the king's behest to investigate the killings of hundreds by a mysterious beast. All right, so this was written and directed by Christophe Gans. Yes, this we talked. We have a lost episode out there somewhere in the world. That you'll never hear. <laughs> of Silent Hill. We talked a little bit about it. What do you think of Silent Hill? Because he directed Silent Hill, of course, and he this came af- this came before that, and I think a lot of it led yes. to him getting that. I like Silent Hill. Uh, I think Silent Hill, it meanders a bit. It gets a little bit boring with the plot. Like, I just kind of love those, the visuals, and the there are some really scary, like, gnarly sequences and creature designs and stuff in that movie and there's just a, like pyramid a stand- head is a standout I oh yeah the one that always gets me too is the the guy who comes out of the bathroom stall mm-hmm. the janitor that was like touching kids and stuff that's like now like a weird yeah. creature i like i like silent hill it works for me mostly yeah me too i think it's one of the yeah best um, video game video games and yeah especially when it comes to that horror Side of I agree. Um, this was a follow-up to a movie called Crying Freeman, and I bring that up. It was a cult hit elsewhere. I don't think it ever came over here, but it also starred Mark Cascos, um, Samuel Samuel Lebahan, Lebahan, Cassell, Vince um, Cassell, and Monica Bellucci. So this is kind of a he used a lot of the same cast from that's that movie. That's cool. That's cool. I've it, not seen that. No. In this movie, and then one more thing I wanted to bring up to he founded in the '80s a magazine in the early '80s called Starfix Magazine. And this was a magazine dedicated to genre films. It was a French magazine. I think of think of like a star log, but French, but French. Yeah. Um, 
but he also he wanted to talk about horror movies, sci-fi movies. He was a big Carpenter guy. He was a big Romero guy, and a big fan of Italian horror, as I think you can see. But he wanted to he wanted to highlight a this lot. This feels of, very Italian horror to me. Yes, in a lot of ways, it feels very giallo in certain ways. Yes, yeah. for sure. Yeah, especially like one specific sequence. Um, but yeah. he wanted to highlight a bunch of this. So he he founded this movie. Or he founded this magazine. I bring this up because it's kind of a cool fact. It was in 1983. A couple cool facts here. Starfix published its first issue with its first cover. It had the Dark Crystal on it. And mm-hmm. a neat factoid about this is the creature effects were done by the Jim Henson Creature Company. Oh, which yeah. Which also did the Dark Crystal. Love and it. another thing is this movie, this his magazine, I think it's still running. But it was running in 2001 as well. And it had... Um, Brotherhood of the Wolf on the cover. So he had his own movie on the cover of a magazine he founded back in How 19- cool is that? What a baller-ass movie. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a fan of his. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he hasn't done... I haven't seen a ton more of him outside of this in Silent Hill, I don't think. Yeah, I've seen a couple things he's done, I want to say, but I, I, I'd have to look I, I do wish he was a little more prolific. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and that's a compliment. Um, so this is actually based on a true story. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy. Um, this is, uh, like, this actually, this actually happened. So there was actually a... It did, it did kind of actually happen. Yes. <laughs> it was basically all the events up until, in the film, up until he, retur- like, up until the wolf is killed and displayed, like, put on display. Yeah. Uh, when he fakes the taxidermy, like makes it, like that kind of all happened, yeah. um, and like all the characters in this movie are based on real people, with the exception of Dacascos' character. Right. Everybody was a real, technically a real person who lived. Um, right. Which is nuts. Um, so the actual beast of Gavaudan um, was supposedly a wolf-esque creature. Um, and it killed around a hundred people. Yes. Yep. Uh, over a three-year period. Um and was eventually, uh, so they say, was eventually killed. Um, and it, it kind of it's similar to the way the movie does. They uh, they said they killed it one time, and then the and then it, the Vatican, the church, or the seers, I believe they're called the Holy Seers. I yeah, can't um, I'm blanking on it, but the, the, it's it's very Jaws like that. They're like, oh, everything's fine now, and then the killing started happening again. And I love I love it when a movie is able to take a real event that, that that as long as it's a real event that's like far back I, I think when you try to be cheeky with stuff that's in the recent his, recent history I I, I, that, I usually don't have an easy time with that but I, I love when you can take an event that happened way back when that a lot not a lot of people are even familiar with similar to something like Black Death yes or yeah. even like Ghost in the Darkness <laughs> yeah which I know a lot of people don't like that movie and I don't like love it either but like that's a story that not everybody knew and they were able to make a, an adventure film out of it, right? For better for sure. or worse. I like the idea of doing that and I like the idea of doing that in this. Um, same with uh, uh, the other one I think of is um, uh, with Antonio Banderas, uh, The 13th Warrior. Oh, yeah, yeah. Another one that has a basis in history um, that I, have, I I think is cool because you can take those events and you can um, kind of make them larger than life and cinematic and why not? You know, I mean, I mean, it's it's an interesting story if you can turn it into a movie and kind of up the ante and stuff. I have no issue with that. I think it's cool for sure. Uh, for real quick here too, because it stars. Um, we talked. We've talked about DeCascos. We'll talk a little about Vincent Cassell. Oh, we'll talk more about it. Don't worry. Samuel Lebahan. I don't have a ton of like notes on him and his yeah. performance here, but he it stars him. I wanted to bring this. Up. He's a he was in the French horror movie Frontiers, which is kind of like a new French extremity horror. Yeah, movie. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh boy, that's yeah. a movie. Yeah, and uh, you've he, seen it, right? Um, I don't think so. No, it's rough, buddy. Yeah, I need to. Yeah, so th- this is one of those things too, where a lot of these French extreme movies, like I've seen a couple. Um, I've seen like Martyrs, which is Inside, also rough. <laughs> but I, I, I don't think I, I've not seen Frontiers, and I've I don't I haven't seen a lot of them. And now I'm like I'm getting close. Like I'm old, and I'm like, do I want to? <laughs> like there's like part of me like I should see that. If you're gonna do it, do it now. Yeah, yeah, because there's gonna be a point where you go, I don't have, I don't need that. <laughs> Uh, but he's also a boxer, and I wanted to. He has the following quote that I pulled from his IMDb. He says, oh. "Money makes you appealing. Success, success makes you beautiful. Power is aphrodisiac." This is his IMD. Like on his IMDb. <laughs> this is not a quote from a movie. I don't think. I think this is just something he said. This guy rules. <laughs> um, I actually quite like him in this movie. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, yeah. he's a good. He's a fun lead. Yep. Um, he, yeah, he plays. What I like cool. about him in this movie, I'll just say right now, is that. 
he starts off the movie um he's cool and he he can kick ass and he's smart and he's you know he's a good a good leading leading man um he's got a charisma about him and, and a kind of a uh a, f- a certain level of flamboyance about him almost. So he's like, he enters the room and everybody's like, here's the philosopher. Here's right, the, yeah. right. And it works, but he's kind of a dork because he's always palling around with the Costco's who's the badass, right? Right. And when we get further into the film and the Costco's uh, exits, there's an immediate like, oh man, this sucks. Like now I'm stuck with this nerd. Like I like him, but he's a nerd. And But then like when he turns on the badass, I buy it. I'm like, okay, yeah, this guy rules. Like, now he can, now he's kicking ass. Um, it reminds me of that quote from a, that line from Forty Year Old Virgin where it's. I always thought Damon was a Streisand, but he's really <laughs> kicking ass in this one. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So the movie. This is my first time watching it. Yeah. So. I want to hear your thoughts first. Let's because, go. Me first. Yeah, the first yeah. thought I had when I looked at this is Willie, you madman. This is a two and a half hour French flick. <laughs> so, and I also had planned because we had to switch around our recording this week. I had also planned to like maybe build it a day or two to get this get this watched. But, when I picked it, I did yeah. not realize. I don't. I didn't remember how long it was. If I'm being, I'm, I'm being completely honest. I'm I'm with you. I, I'm not usually one for movies that go longer than two hours at this point in my life. Right. Some movies deserve it and need it, and that's cool. Um, but yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Anyway, the other thing so is too. My I, apologies for that. No, um, it is French, and I can't help that part. Uh, there is a dub <laughs> version, though, yeah. and actually, I watched the dub version because uh, we did have to adjust our schedule, and I had to watch it today. And you had seen recording. the movie before. I had right. yes, and I've seen it in the original French before. Um, so I watched the the dub is actually very good. Okay. Um, and most are not. This is very good. So if okay. you really, really don't want to watch the French, um, or or you're, you're watching it and you're not able to read subtitles the whole time, the dub is 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 a solid choice. Honestly, it is. And that's yeah. the thing for me when it, it's a first time with a foreign flick, especially one I'm watching for the podcast. I have to watch it with subtitles. I have to watch yeah, it in original it. English. Um, but on like repeat viewings, I will throw on a dub. And Dacascos yeah. does his own dub, which cool. is cool. Um, cool. Yeah. So th- then I started watching. I got drawn in. The first hour is he's kind of like a. It's more of a mystery, in some yeah. ways. I got sucked in by the mystery. It's a little slow moving for me at times. But then the um, then the action stuff starts to kick in the back half of the movie, and I was all in. DeCasco shows up, and he's like wearing like that duster, and he's out kicking ass. He rules, <laughs> <Yes>. dude. <laughs> he's so sweet. When when it, when that part of it really kicks in, that's when I'm like, okay, this is sweet. And it is. I I read the. Uh, I sometimes I like to read reviews of movies that I watch, and Roger Ebert is one of the movies because it's always at the top of IMDb. But also, mm-hmm. I, I, but he called it. I have a quote from him, and I like the quote, so it says he called this movie an explosion at the genre factory because it very much is. And you mentioned one of them, but it, it is there are giallo elements. There's like slasher elements. There's creature feature elements. There's action movie elements. There's uh, like there's like kung fu movie. Like there's like like martial arts film elements to it, which is crazy. It makes like it shouldn't right. But it, but the, like it works. And we've had a, um, we've had a fun kind of uh, like conversation on the Discord. And I won't spoil too much about this movie. But Jason, um, one of our listeners and friend of the show, um, he pointed out like the malignant IMDb for malignant the IMDb like the genres yeah, yeah like yeah. all over the place on what it is and I kind of love that and I love those type of movies where you can't where you can't pin it down because. This is a, I mean, it is a, it has horror elements, but it's also, it's got act, tons of action elements yeah. too. It's not, it, you can't pin this movie down and I dig yeah. that about it. It's also a period piece. Right. <laughs> it's also kind of an epic. Yeah. And we, like, That's the other thing is too, is it, it feels very epic. I had a ton of, I will say I had a ton of fun of this with this movie. I think it is a little bit long for it me. It is a little long. Personal it taste. Is. No, and, it is. no, I would 100%. Yeah. I will say it. It is a bit long. It doesn't need the first hour could use some trimming. I think <laughs> so. And if I recall correctly, I think I felt similarly to Silent Hill. Because Silent Hill, yeah, yeah, is yep. is is I think Silent Hill is around two hours. It too. overstates its welcome the tiniest bit. Not enough to yeah. ruin the film, but no. but yeah, I'm with you for yeah. sure. So yeah, uh, uh, final quick thoughts on it. Enjoyed it. Could have used some trimming, but I liked I liked how kind of wacky and epic it feels at times because we, we've talked about this before there aren't a ton of epic horror movies out there and this is this is kind of one yeah 
Yeah, this one. Yeah, this one feels like, and like I said, Thirteenth Warrior I mentioned earlier is another one that feels like a like a horror epic because it's very much that feels almost even more like a horror film to me. Thirteenth Warrior does in a yeah. lot of ways, but it's got more. I don't know. It, they're similar in some ways, the two movies, and I like both of them a lot. Um, yeah, Brother of the Hood, the Wolf kind of rules. Um, like it is too long. Um, I think all the performances work. I love, and what I noticed this time around, and it's probably because I haven't, I've watched a ton of Italian horror that I hadn't seen. Um, I've, 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 you know, tripled or quadrupled my Italian horror knowledge since the last time I watched this movie, whenever that was, 10, 12 years ago. Um, and, and so this time around, I noticed more of that, that influence. You know, I, like, I'd always noticed the, the creature feature stuff is pretty, 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 up front um i'd always noticed like the the kung fu movie elements uh with the fight choreography and whatnot um but this was the first time i really went wow like this is like a giallo just like a bigger budget action-packed like hollywood version of a giallo but not a hollywood like but done by a french filmmaker right which is which is probably why like it's cocktails like that that make movies that stick with you because they're just interesting and different uh i think versus is a, is a great example of that too where it, like we talked about versus recently where it's like very similar movie in some way in yeah like certain in ways yes. where it's it is a cocktail of of it is a it is a what, what did ebert say yeah a genre ex- explosion. explosion at the genre factory yeah that's both of those are um and i love movies like that when they're done well i think it's great um you see the inspirations that Gans has for this film, but I think it stands on its own. I think I think it, it's it's a compelling story and an interesting story, kind of a cool slice of history. Obviously, this is not a one for one historical recreation of what actually happened. You couldn't make that because there is no one for it. So, uh, events that old aren't ever documented with 100% accuracy so why try so he took that and went I'm going to make a fun crazy action horror you know thriller mystery hybrid with it right I think it's a ton of fun um yeah and as far as placing it in yeah in kind of the the time frame it, it, it is it is around the same time some of those movies we talked about some of those kind of that new French horror boom of the mm-hmm. 2000s it, it did come out around that time it did so yeah I think it's it towards the early end of just that. before a lot of those really broke out right yeah so that yeah that's kind of where we're at with that so let's uh let's dive into this plot a little bit if you're cool with it mm-hmm. I uh a lot of the times I like to uh rewrite the plot in my own words but uh, I was lazy today so well well we were from wikipedia <laughs> so so yeah we should know uh you know uh yeah we, we rescheduled and it was we were like i guess we're doing it today like let's see how my uh pronunciation holds up here i'm excited because uh during the french revolution marquis de Apcher uh writes his memoirs in his castle he recounts to 19 or to 1764 when a mysterious beast terrorized the province of gavadon gregoire a knight and the royal naturalist, as you said, he's a naturalist, of King Louis XV of France and his Iroquois companion, Mani, arrive to capture the beast. Fransac becomes interested in Marianne de Marangeas, the daughter of a local count whose brother, Jean-Francois, was also an avid hunter and a world traveler, whose arm was mangled and rendered useless while overseas. Francois is also intrigued by Sylvia, an Italian courtesan at the local brothel, who is played by Monica Bellucci. Monica Bellucci, the aforementioned. All right, let's stop here for a second. Yeah, we know so, this is every character. Pretty yeah, much. that's pretty much everybody. Um, yeah, I mean, we're introduced right out of the gate. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's the... The the romance and the flirtation between uh, uh, Dufranc is it God now I'm gonna mess it up. Oh, Gregoire de France. De France. De France. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, that's why I said just said Gregoire. Gregoire. Yeah. Um, Gregoire. His romance with uh, Marianne uh, is fun. Yeah, because there's a flirtation there and kind of a it's kind of like cutesy. And then he meets Monica Bellucci and it's just like sex. A lot of sex here. He wears uh. It looked like a towel at first, but he's wearing shorts during the sex scene. Is he? They're like white 
shorts okay. come down. It's weird. It's kind of weird. Interesting. Maybe that's <laughs> she's not wearing shorts. No, she's not. Uh, maybe that's how they got down back in the day. We got to talk about this, and I'm going to try to talk about the artistry of it a little bit too. But there's a shot in this movie, and I texted you about it. <laughs> and there's a shot. We should say there's equal, we see man butt and girl and woman butt. Yeah, equal opportunity yes. nudity here on this way. Well, maybe not equal, but we yeah. see we pl- see plenty of butt here. Um, but there's a shot of Monica Monica Bellucci, and I'm, I swear I'm bringing this up to talk about Gans, um, his style. But it, the camera goes up her body. Yes, and it, it stops at her breasts, yep. and it it dissolves. Into the high peak mountains of France, like, like literally, one for one, they've CG'd mountain like mountains yes. that are shaped just like Monica Bellucci's. It's breasts. insane, and you still see her face lingering in the in the in the woods there for a second. It's kind of like in the well, I think one of the Indiana Jones movies when the Paramount logo like dissolves into like a molehill or yeah. something. It's insanity, <laughs> but it is. But it's great. I bring it up because that is part of like that's kind of a, he's got a bit of a cheeky style at times. Sometimes, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Christoph Gans, and he's also not very subtle. <laughs> no, he is not. <laughs> so, um, and there are there's a there's a lot of stuff that reminded me of Silent Hill and specifically with kind of Belucci's character character because there are some there's some weird kind of like flashbacks to like different realms it seems like in this movie and there's some trippiness especially right. in the first hour hour and a half of the movie where you get you get some kind of like vision questy stuff it's interesting um i will say uh one thing this movie does very well from a writing standpoint is it knows how to use um what is it? Chekhov's gun? Is that what it is? Okay. Is that what it's called? What you call it when you set something up and then In, pay it off later? Yes. I'm going to say yes. Thank you. Yeah, because I always forget what the term is. Um, I'm not that smart. Uh, they do that very well in this film because that first hour is long and probably too long. But everything that happens in the first hour pays off, right? Right. So you have uh, everything from... Uh, his first meeting with Monica Bellucci and her mentioning the story of how wives would poison um, poison their, their husbands to keep them loyal because they had the antidote. And, that, and you know it, like you don't think about it again and then it pops up and you go, oh, she's she's good. She's, you know, um, and then uh, things like, and it, it happens a little bit later, but like Monty using the um, the uh, Native American remedy that he uses to to bring the girl out of her coma, uh, the little girl that is attacked. Right. That pops back up later. There's little things that are seated in that first hour. Um, uh, another one is uh, Vincent Cassell's character, uh, Jean-Francois. He is, uh, he talks about how his arm has been mangled yes. in Africa um, by a lion. I think he mentions it's a lion that, that mangled him. Right. And all of that comes back into, and now mind you, you know Cassell's a bad guy from this like, like, <laughs> Cassell, like you look at him, and you're you're the bad guy, like obviously. But um, how it comes into play is kind of cool because when you see that caped villain later on with the mangled arm and stuff, you don't I, you don't necessarily put two and two together. And then you go, oh, cool, he's been hiding the arm the whole time, which feels very giallo to me. That reveal of like the, the disfigured, yes, yeah, it feels very giallo, right? <laughs> yes. Like there's there's like there's that third act like reveal that one of the characters has a hidden deformity that like they've been like it's so it's so Italian horror. Um, and uh, and then of course the reveal the ver- at the very end of, with with the fact that w- what the beast is which we'll talk about when we get there I really right. want to talk about that but but it all I love the writing and how everything that happens in these early interactions with the characters the leads does come back around and I think does serve a purpose later on even if it maybe could be trimmed. <laughs> So while investigating another victim, uh, Francois finds a fang made of steel. A traumatized child witness swears that the beast is controlled by what seems to be a human master. As the investigation proves unfruitful, the king's weapons master, Lord de Beauterne, uh, arrives to put an end to the beast. And this Francois guy's a dick. is sent back to Paris. Yes. <laughs> Uh, he realizes that the beast is actually an instrument of a secret society, the Brotherhood of the Wolf, which is working to undermine public confidence in the king and ultimately take over the country. Back in Gévaudan, the attacks by the real beast continue, and Fransac returns to put an end to the beast's killings. At a secret rendezvous with Marianne, they are t- attacked by the beast, where it mysteriously refrains from attacking her. All right, let's stop here. Uh, big big info dump there, of course. Yeah, sure. Um, Most of my notes here, we covered it a little bit. We talked about a little bit how it was a true story. I just wanted to 
bring this up to historians because this is from history.com the mm-hmm. the source of all things history <laughs> historians scientists pseudoscientists and conspiracy theorists have all proposed theories about the beast what the beast was among the suspects a eurasian wolf an armored war dog a striped hyena a lion some kind of prehistoric predator a werewolf a dog wolf hybrid and a human we will likely never know i love it yeah yeah so I dig it because like like the 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 result in this is I think it's super creative and interesting. Like I I like the what we when like I said we'll get there but I think it works out good. Um I think what lends itself to the epic quality of this this movie is are the periods of time where thing, things happen where you get like uh Francois gets sent to um you know he he fakes the taxidermy of the wolf um and heads back to uh to paris right Mm -hmm. and you know he's promised this trip to africa that he's always wanted to do like there's this passage of time that happens and there's this traveling and these major events that are happening and stuff that i think build to make it feel like it's 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 more of an epic and i think that's that's that gets lost sometimes in epics is that passage of time and the importance of like how long this story has been. Right. Um, and I think they do that. They do a pretty good job of illustrating that in this. I think, I think it, it helps to make it feel like a bigger, essentially it's just a, it's a, it's a, a creature that's killing people in a small village, right? It's not that big of a, uh, in terms of geographical scope, it's not that big, but the passage of time and the events and the travel involved and things like that, I think, make it feel bigger than than it maybe actually was. So, yeah. Yes. So, Frasag, Mani, and Young Marquis set out into the forest and set up an array of traps to capture the beast. It is severely injured but escapes. Mani sets off alone in pursuit where he finds a catacomb used in the beast's holding pen inhabited by the Brotherhood. Outnumbered, Mani is shot and killed. Francois discovers Monty's body and performs an autopsy, finding a silver bullet, Jean-Francois's signature choice of ammunition, in a fit of rage, a vengeful Francois goes to the catacombs and slaughters many members, but is overpowered by the local authorities and is imprisoned. Okay, we got to stop here, because this is where the action kicks in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, and yeah. Um, we should talk some... I should mention the opening of this movie is sweet, where she's like... Is it towards, it's towards the beginning of the movie. I'm, I'm blanking on where it exactly happens, yeah. but she's like thrown around on the rocks oh my some, god like, unseen force it's gnarly but it's awesome it, it like, sets up the yeah it, yeah it, it drops right into this but okay so this is where we should talk about Dacascos a little bit are you familiar with Mark's work yeah Mark a little bit yeah 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 yes. enough yes yeah. so you know you you were you know him from the Iron Chef you know him from uh what do you know him from Double Dragon yep he was on the Crow TV show he which was I on watched. the Crow TV show um he more recently he was in John Wick three. Yes, he was. I believe he's going to be the, the next one too. I think. Oh, he was um, Eric Draven in the Crow. Eric Draven. Yeah. Yes. Yep. He was yeah, the, I'm a fan of his. I just he pops up in action movies uh, all the time. He was in Cradle I, I just, to the Grave, the DMX. Movie, okay. Right. Yeah, DMX and uh, Jet Li. Okay. He just. I think he's just got a good. Um, I've always liked him. He just seems like he's got. I don't know, just certain actors or whatever. For you don't necessarily have a reason for it, but you just you go. I like the vibe that this person has. Like, like they seem like they're they're always having a good time in these movies. And I've seen him in some low budget stuff, and he always seems like he's like making the most of it. Always, right? So yeah, I like Dacascos. So he was in a movie, and it was kind of a cable staple back in the day, and it was called Only the Strong. Are you Only fam- the Strong. Now no. this is a. Uh, I'm going to give uh, my brother a shout out in here. He loved this movie. Now, Only the Strong was like about a dude who went back to like, I don't know, his hometown. I don't even remember what the plot was. Basically, he was like cleaning up the city and stuff with capoeira. I know, are you familiar with capoeira? Yes. It's a Brazilian martial art that is dance and acrobatics and music. And like in the movie, they all get around in like a circle and they do like dance, like capoeira. It's like and, dance fighting. Yeah, and they have a chant that it goes... Banana way, banana way, nana, banana way, and uh, my brother and I used to sing that all the time when we were kids. It's amazing. <laughs> it's like a, it's a it's a fun. Only the strong, a very fun, and he's the lead actor. In only it. the strong. Okay. Yes. Only uh, the strong. A very. Is it fun available g- to watch anywhere? Oh, let's let's see. I have an. Uh, 
I do want to mention, uh, I didn't know this existed until literally just now. Uh, there's a film called Redline. Okay. Originally called Deathline. Okay. It's available for free on IMDb TV. Okay. And it star- it's from 1997. It stars Mark Dacascos and Rucker Hauer. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, you know. Do with that what you will. I do not see this streaming anywhere, unfortunately. Uh, unfortunately, I did find out it was directed by one Mr. Sheldon Ledich, who also directed Lionheart Double Impact and Rambo 3. So oh, there you go. Interesting. So, uh, okay. And Legionnaire. He did, directed quite a few uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme movies, Sheldon Ledich did. Okay. But uh, yeah, he is a... Uh, oh, it's his high school he goes back to. He's an ex-Special Forces soldier who goes to my, his Miami high school and it's overrun with drugs and violence. So very... um, What's the movie I'm thinking of? Is it Stand and Deliver? <laughs> yeah, yes. Or The Substitute? Yeah, maybe that's a better... Yes. The Treat Williams series. <laughs> yeah. Um, so very cool. But anyway, in this movie in particular, he's he's quite a bit of fun. He's a badass. Many sweet. There's a... Yeah. I don't think it's my favorite action scene in this too, but he has, a, he has a couple really cool action scenes. My favorite action scene actually I think comes at the end. It's the fight at the end, but... With uh, Cassell versus... Uh, the main guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. His... All of his fight scenes are great in this movie. He's got a few of them, and for good reason, because he, he, he knows what he's doing. But um, his fight scene when he's up against the 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 guys that eventually take him out he it rules like he's a and you know he's not gonna you just you know he's not gonna make it like they it's insurmountable odds you know what i mean so but it, he's a badass and he like he kicks all their asses with with a tomahawk like yeah <laughs> he rules i just i think his and i think his performance is good like i think he's a, it's a strong performance mm-hmm. um it's not you know like it would have been easy for him to show up and uh, roundhouse some stuff and look cool and he does he does all that but his performance is actually really strong I think like I buy the character I get the character I understand why the character has a bond and a connection to um, uh, I, I'm, I'm not good with French names uh, Fond du Lac okay yeah yes. I understand why like I, I get it um, and I think part of that is that Dacascos like took this shit seriously did you did you read it all about what he was like? No, yeah, well, yeah, I did, but yeah, yeah, like he learned how to ride a horse for yeah. this movie, which he does a lot of in the movie. Um, he did a bunch of research on Mohawk Indian culture for the movie, um, and he became fluent in French for this film. Like, Dacascos rules, man. Yeah, yeah. If he was at Motor City Comic Con, which we'll be talking about on our Tiny Terror, I'd be meeting Mark Dacascos. <laughs> um. The other thing, too, is you are a big fan of uh, Men on a Mission movies. Yes. And there are some Men on a Mission elements to this. In the Absolutely. They, and he is a um, he is kind of an example of that. And he also adds to that kind of that genre explosion we've been talking about, too, where it, this is he's like the kung fu action type. He's kind of like the B-movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm looking to see if I... Uh, but he's playing a Native American. <laughs> like it's, it shouldn't work. I'm also looking. But there are totally places does. around here nearby where I can learn capoeira. Capoeira Mandinga Detroit. Please do. <laughs> do you want to take Capoeira classes with me? Absolutely. You and I just do it together? Absolutely. 1,000%. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, he rocks it. He's fantastic. He's probably uh, my favorite character in the movie. So Yeah, I think he's my favorite too. And I think he's got some really cool moments. I like. I love his connection with the wolves. I love how he's constantly questioned and judged by the like the French aristocrat types. And like he, that shit gets shut down real quick. Like right. no, he, he, no, you shut up about Manny. Like he's got it figured out. So, yeah. Uh, Sylvia visits him in jail and reveals uh, that. Oh, she visits Frenzak and reveals that he, she is a spy for the Holy See. She explains that Henri Sardis, the local priest and leader of the Brotherhood, believes that he is restoring worship of God to France. Pope Clement the Thirteenth has decided that Sardis is insane, and sent her to eliminate him. She then poises Francois, saying he knows too much. Meanwhile, Jean-Francois comes to Marianne's room and reveals to her that he is the beast's master. It is rec- and it recognized his scent on her when it came near her, which is why it did not attack. He then 
does he rape her or does he attempt to rape her? Um, he, he rapes her. He rapes yeah. her. And then she- This re- is his sister, by the way. When she rejects his death. Yes. Not that rape of any kind is okay. Right. But this is like, like just to add an extra a element of like, this is a sister. Incestuous rape. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. God. Uh, so- what is uh, the Holy See just uh, is it's like the universal government of the Catholic Church. It is the Vatican City State, essentially. It's a sovereign, independent territory. The Pope is the ruler of both the Vatican City State and the Holy See. So it's a, it's a supreme body of government of the Catholic Church is who they are in this. And this this is the part of the movie that kind of showcases the power that it had around yeah. that time and the ability to kind of cover things up and say like oh no this is this is the way it is um and i like i mentioned it's it's essentially like the 18th century jaws in that way where the, oh yeah, yeah totally where they're like everything's fine you can go in the yeah you go you're the fine woods. go walk in the woods by yourself <laughs> beast is dead right you'll be good uh all right so you want to get to the finale here you got anything else to say at this point um you can talk about vincent cassell's performance i think it yeah, yeah i mean he's a little bit hammy i mean at times but but i think is it, it he works always, is vincent cassell always hammy? a little bit yeah <laughs> He plays a good villain, right? Um, he's got a certain like. Uh, there's always there's something in his eyes, and you just you never quite trust him, even when he plays like a character who's like on the up and up, which is right. rare, to be fair. Um, he 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 plays a good bad guy, and I think he um, he turned down this role <laughs> initially, which is fun, uh, and he eventually agreed to do it when they like added elements to his character. And one of those elements that he wanted was his incestuous obsession with his sister. So, all right, Vincent. (laughs) He felt that that was something the character needed. Um, Scarface fan. Yeah, yeah, that must be it. Yeah, yeah, no, he's he's a good villain. And I like the reveal of the arm. I like the reveal that he's got the disfigured arm. By this point in time, you know he's involved. I mean, you can smell bad guy all over Vincent Cassell the moment he shows up in a movie. When he turns out to not be a bad guy, that's the twist, usually. Right. Um, But uh, yeah, I I, I like his performance. I think he's fun. And I think he's got a good, uh, he's got a good showdown at the end with, uh, with our lead, so... Yes, so Sylvia's agents exhume Francois, who has been who has not been killed, but merely put in a temporary coma, and he appears at one of the Brotherhood's sermons. He kills With badass sting face paint on. <laughs> yes, he's very much like crow sting. Yeah, yeah speaking of the crow, uh, he he kills several members, including Jean Francois, who reveals that he had regained use of his supposedly maligned arm. Yeah, he showed us all. Yeah, that a little while ago. Uh, Sardis escapes. He's got a weird bone sword. Yeah, he does. He's it like s- connects and disconnects and stuff. It is wild, right? It's kind of sweet. I used to. It's like one of those uh, big spears that you, you get at like the theme park or like at the toy it, store. Yeah, where it pops like a lightsaber, like that you could yeah, get. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just get those at yeah, like the Dollar Tree. I think. You yeah, but this one can kill people. Take them to yeah, the beach and yeah. beat up some beat up some <laughs> Sith lords. There you go. Sardis escapes into the mountains, but is mauled to death by a pack of wolves. He sure is. Francois and Marquis go, go to the. Uh, Beast Lair, where it lies severely wounded. It turns out that the beast was a lion that Jean-Francois brought back from Africa as a cub that was tortured into becoming vicious and trained to wear spiked metal armor, <laughs> as one does. Francois takes pity and kills the beast in an act of mercy. Let's talk about the beast a little bit. What do you think of the beast? What do you think of this creature as a bad guy? You think he's a cool one? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's sweet. Um, right. Uh, you know, the CG isn't always great, but it's a product of its Doesn't time. Doesn't hold out hold up great it is a kind of a mix of cg and those creature effects we were talking about too yes and so what i will say is this uh in the moments when it's heavily relying on cg and there's a full shot of the creature it doesn't look great um it's a but it is what it is um i will say they do a good job of being like jaws in the first couple hours and not showing you a lot of the creature which i think is smart um and they use a, a a practical effect when they can um which is also smart I will say, for as menacing as the creature is when you first see it and you first experience it and the setup of the creature, really, before you even see it at all, um, by the end, you feel so sympathetic for it, right? Right. And you never actually see what's behind the mask. You know what it is as a viewer because you know, you know, you can discern it's a lion cub who was brought back and whatnot based on what they say, but, and you can see its eyes. I, I think the creature, I you know, like... That was the most emotional thing in the movie for me. It's like, oh, that's really sad. Like, this poor animal was, like, you know, like, raised in uh, in hate. You know, like, raised to be a tool of destruction. And and uh, it's cool. It's a cool moment when, like, the, the caretaker of the creature is with it. And you can tell he's upset, but, like, he knows what needs to be done. Like, that, right. it's a cool... That whole bit works very well. It, it offers a lot of, like, a lot of closure to 
the driving force behind the movie to begin with, which is at the center of it, the creature, right? That, like, right. That, yes, there's twists and turns, and you beca- you find out that there's a lot of people involved in in what's actually going on and stuff, and they get their comeuppance. But like at the end of the day, this is like the 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 the, the base plot of this is that there's a monster terrorizing a French village, right? And so the fact that you end the film on a note where the monster is the most sympathetic. <laughs> thing in the movie and you're like happy for 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 the closure you get with it i think it's cool i think it works really well I, it worked well for me so for sure what did you think it, I, we mentioned the cg is a little wonky the jim henson creature effects he's got some rad ass uh armor it's sweet though and, yeah. uh, and i mentioned his kill there also is kind of an element too of um it, it's uh brought back from Africa as a cub, it's kind of it's kind of like plucked from the dark con- that dark mysterious con- continent and yeah. brought over to kind of do the European um, bidding for yeah. for these people. So there is kind of that Ill element as well. Yeah, um, yeah, he's he's a cool villain. I liked, I really did like a lot of the like learning a lot about the, the backstory too of, of the the real life, and I love I love that it's still kind of a mystery out there. So and yeah, I, I love that this movie takes it. <laughs> I love that it just goes with the the cub, the lion. Yeah, lion. Yeah, that, that's what yeah. Screw it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lion with some metal strapped to it. Why not? Um, so to finish things up here, Marcus finishes writing his account just before he's led to his execution by a revolutionary mob. He states that he doesn't know what happened to Francois and Marianne after the death of the beast, but he hopes that somewhere they are happy together. A final scene shows them sailing on a ship named Frere Loop, Brother Wolf, and spreading the ashes of of Manny. Exactly. Yeah, I like the ending. I think it works. Um. I like a happy ending in this case. Well, kind of happy, I guess, because, cause, uh, you know, he's executed, which is a bummer, you know. But, I don't know. Those French revolutions are real... They can get a little nasty. Real pain. Yeah, they can, they so. can get a little nasty sometimes, yeah. It's yeah, gonna... everybody knows that. <laughs> All right, uh, final thoughts on this movie. I will just say, I'll go back to that Eber quote and just say what I love about it is it's, it's, he nails it. It's an explosion of genres. It's yeah. it's horror, um, and it is horror because horror is, uh, it's got like a sense of dread and it's got frightening images and themes and situations and all that stuff. And this movie has that, um, but yeah. it's also, it's also an action movie. It's also a Kung Fu flick. Um, and the fight scenes really, really, they they rock. They're sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they, they rock and that you have to deliver in that. So I love, and we've covered a couple of them lately with this and versus kind of just big mixes of genres. And I, I, I've learned to love them. It, I used to be kind of a stickler for tone sometimes, but now I just, I know I just go with the flow. I think uh, it's part of, getting older maybe maybe getting older or maybe just you know maybe the youth maybe the youth got it right you just mix together some genres and yeah have some fun i think it can work i yeah. you know i don't know it's a very rap rock uh yeah that's what the yes. youths love these days absolutely uh willie what do you think final thoughts on this bad boy yeah it's a uh, it uh, it's a ton of fun man it's uh what would it be like genre gumbo i don't know Ooh. isn't that that's what you like you'd throw a bunch of stuff in the gumbo right yeah yeah. yeah, a little French flavor. Little um, yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, it's it's a ton of fun, and I, and it's I think it's a it's a cool movie, and I I wonder if a lot of people have seen it at this point. You know, I, I, I I'm curious about that too. I feel like it has been. I remember this being kind of I don't want to say popular, but in the like in the 2000s when I was on. Uh, message boards a lot. I remember people talking about this movie as one like. Uh, yeah, it just doesn't seem like one that gets talked about a ton now. And I wonder if maybe like, because like we're old, Tim. Like we are old. Yes. It's like I wonder if there's like a a, a generation below us or like like under you know age wise, um, that maybe hasn't like checked this out yet as much, or even like maybe people like myself who haven't revisited it in a long time mm-hmm. or you hadn't seen it ever so i've never seen it so like like i hope that this brings people to check this movie out because i think a lot of people will like it yeah. i think yeah i think some of it i think some of it may be the language bearer i think some of it too is christoph Gans is not a very prolific filmmaker like sure, you mentioned sure. and i don't I, his name's not out there and so i think it's been it maybe is kind of lost to time but i do i mean yeah. the movie is out there you can rent it uh, wherever but i think it's definitely worth checking out yeah and there is a screen factory blu-ray um, yeah, did they just come out with one? Just recently, I believe it was Because it's released. the 20th anniversary of the film this year. Yes. Um, I think it just came out. I'll have to check, but um, I know they are... They Yeah, it came out in July. Yeah. Yep. Cool. 
It's a collector's edition. Oh, I might have to check this bad boy out. I honestly might get it um, because this is one of those movies where I worry that like it's going to disappear from streaming services at some point. Right. Because it's just kind of one of those movies where like it's a cool kind of cult movie, but I feel like a lot of people will forget about it. I don't know. It makes me nervous, I guess. Um, yeah, I might pick it up. I don't know what the special features are on it, but... Um, What yeah. are we doing next, Tim? Okay, so okay, so next month is going to be very interesting. So let's go, let's figure this out sure. right now. So we had talked a couple weeks ago, and we mentioned on the podcast, we're going to at least have to do something on it. There's that interactive WWE horror movie starting the new day. There is. That comes out. Yeah, we'll be, we'll be officially in October. Wow. And we have our five-year anniversary coming up. So... Here's what's like that next week. I'm trying to find the release date of that. WWE. For the Undertaker kills the new day, or it's well, you have to escape him. Is the thing. right, right, right um, release date? Because I, I think we because it's like a choose your own adventure. You're going, you go in there, and you're like, I want to, I want to send the new day, the new day who are wrestlers for maybe those who aren't wrestling fans. It's three gentlemen: Kofi Kingston, Biggie, October fifth. So the issue with that is right now. That comes like our we would have to we get to record get together and record on Thursday, which is the seventh. So we could watch that on the fifth. It just doesn't leave us a ton of time if you want to do that. Well, we could watch it and we could we could talk about our experiences and then the decisions we made and stuff. Okay, so let's compare and contrast. We're gonna do so. That's gonna be our next episode. Then, all, all right. right, it's the WWE Undertaker <laughs> Escape the Undertaker Escape the Undertaker. Yeah, an interactive horror movie coming to Netflix. So we're gonna check it out, and I'm sure we will discuss the uh, Final Destination three Blu-ray quite a bit too. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> um, and then we've got our so then that next episode we should discuss this too. Yeah, we have our fifth anniversary crazy coming up but like our five year crazy and it would be because i think it's like the 16th and our next one would come out the 22nd so we need to figure out what we're gonna do with that i thought maybe we could do a movie from that year or we could we could do um there's a couple movies we put on the back burner ravenous and fear.com that we could do you know yeah man um, do you have any strong feelings on what we should be doing for our five-year anniversary what, what anniversary is that by the way I don't know. We could always ask ask the listeners, like, is there something that anybody out it's there... the Wood Anniversary. The Wood Anniversary. Yeah. So Ooh. maybe we should watch an Elijah movie. Ooh, uh, Pinocchio, the killer Pinocchio movie. <laughs> right? <laughs> Sorry, that was, this is, that's a good... That's, that's a good, good one, idea. right? Um, let's, yeah, let's pull the audience a bit, right? Okay. Would you guys like us to do a standard episode... For one of those movies we've talked about doing for a long time, we've mentioned it multiple times on the show for various reasons. Fear.com is one we've always joked about doing, mm-hmm. and Ravenous is one we've always seriously talked about doing but never done. Or would you like to see us do Pin- Pinocchio's Revenge? We could do Pinocchio's for, Revenge. For, for or, or we could do um, a movie that came out uh, five years ago to celebrate the time period in which we started the show yes let us know honestly send us something like tweet at us hm at hm yearbook email us at horror of yearbook horror of at gmail.com send us something let us know that was smooth transition we, we will figure it out for sure but um yeah. but i don't know yet i don't know yet we know what we're doing next time though we do know <laughs> by the by <laughs> we will officially announce what we'll be doing for our fifth anniversary show on our Escape the Undertaker episode, <laughs> which I can't believe we're doing. Yeah, well, I, I said we'd do it. No, I can't believe we're doing I it. Could, I could, obviously, when I saw this, I got so excited. I want to help these guys there in the Undertaker's lair. I've never seen the Undertaker's Have we seen the Undertaker's lair? I know. I'm excited. <laughs> we're going to see Death Valley for the first time. We are going to see Death Valley. Yeah. So we got to help We gotta help the good guys from the New I Day. I like the New Day. Me too. I don't want them. I don't I, Well, I don't know what the Undertaker's going to do to them. I, I don't. He's just Crap gonna, in their bags. <laughs> Well, no, that's not that's not the Undertaker. That's uh, whatever his real name is, Mark Calloway. Yeah, okay, I'm sorry. We're talking about the Undertaker. He's just gonna choke slam him. Yeah, he's probably gonna put him up on that weird symbol. <laughs> I don't think that's gonna be in the movie. No, I hope not. Oh man, do you That'd remember when he hung uh, the 
big boss man from the Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania. That was crazy. Like to hung go. him by a rope. <laughs> what it an was weird. Insane thing to do. Yeah. WWE. The 90s. Didn't he? Cr- he like crucified Stone Cold Steve Austin. He would, he would like crucify people. He yeah. would hang them from a. He was insinuating like committing rape with Stephanie McMahon at it one was, point. Shit was wild in the late nineties. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. it holds up very well. No, it does not. <laughs> A different time, everybody. Different hey, hey. Time. We didn't do it. We didn't write it. Nope. No, me. Our, all right, Talk so. to Vince Russo. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Just let him go. All right. So, hey, everybody. Th- stay safe out there. Thank you very much for listening. We, we enjoy doing this. Yes. We enjoy you listening. So, thanks again, and we'll see you next time for Escape the Undertaker. Yeah.